first of all, I just want to pray for Jesse. And so, and I, and I hope you're keeping their family in your prayers. And, and as we do any family that goes through loss or they're grieving or whatever's trauma has happened in their life. So, Father, we are so thankful for Pastor Jesse. And we're so thankful for his family. And we're so thankful for the the serving of the body of Christ, the compassion, the love poured out upon the body of Christ. And Father, we ask for a harvest to return to him and his family this season, Lord, for the faithfulness of standing faithfully for the, your body, your church, your people called by your name. So we just declare a blessing upon them. And Lord, that you would hold them while they go through this season of celebration of life and grieving and lord that love would just entwine that all together and that they would process this and come out with a testimony of of who you are in them lord god that lord that you're an overcomer you first for them that they shall overcome so we just bless them in that place and we just say may your love and your grace and your peace just abound to them yet more and more in jesus name amen thankful for the body of christ aren't we we're thankful for one another it was it was pretty amazing um what happened here on the weekend the the people that showed up to serve because i really see serving as compassion i really i see serving as it's just our yes it's just it's our want to like it's it's the desire of your heart you can't stop you want to respond to the compassion that God's poured in you, to the serving where people, other, other people have faithfully served you, and you're just responding to what God has given you, and so you give your life. And you give your life in different ways. We all give our lives in different ways. We all have different mountains. We all serve according to the passion and the purpose of our heart. But that's something that has to be activated. It has, there has to be a big yes, because that can get quenched any time. There's any... The thief comes to rob that place where you, we don't want to show up. You know, and we've been, a, we've been in a season of COVID where isolation and separation, and it's going to be hard for people to show up. It's going to be hard for people to say, here I am, in relationships, in church, even in the workplace, even with family, because they've been separated so much. And so this is where we, as the body of Christ, as the church, we want to we show up. We want to say, here I am, and we want to tenderly graciously kindly with lots of compassion how people fit again to belong again because we all belong we've never lost that place we belong to god he's our father we belong to the family of god we are one body we are one church but there's things that will come lies that will come and say no you don't and so even when we think of the lurches and they're going through their grieving and they're going through, they're broken in that grieving we think, um, we sang, I will, I will, I will. That's all God has to hear. Your I will might not mean that I can bless the Lord, I can sing, I can stand up. Your, your I will might mean you just sit there and it's time for God to hold you if you're broken. Because he's not saying, well, you better stand up and sing to me. You better praise me. You better worship me. He goes, no, you're broken. This is like an ICU. Basil said this church is an ICU. I believe that. It is an intensive care unit for the body of Christ, which means that we have to allow God to intensively care for our hearts and comfort our hearts and be compassionate. Then that's our natural overflow. We're not going to overflow to fix people or say, wow, you're broken. 
No, we're going to come along and gently just hold them and, and wait for them to stand. We're going we're to sit with them till they can stand because that's what love does. That's who our Father is. You know, we sing these songs, but we've got to say, Lord, these are words, but you're the voice and I'm the word. You've given me a new spirit, a new heart. The word of God is written on my heart. The word's not far. It's near and in my mouth. It's written on my heart. I have to become the substance of the word. I have to be compassion. So whenever the door of my heart's closed to giving compassion to broken people or even people that have hurt me, will you, are you willing to say, I will go through the process to love them again? I will go through the process to have compassion for them again. I will go through the process to care for them again. Do you know there's many people that have, that have had trauma in their life and just atrocities, horrible, horrible things happen to them, but they choose to go through the process, which means there was mountaintops and there was valleys, there was caves, there was broken places, there was places where they felt disconnected from God, but God was always with them, always for them. They were never alone and he was just waiting for them to keep receiving him. So we want to be the ones that are pouring out so that the people that need to receive can receive. That we're not saying, why aren't you doing this? Or why aren't you doing that? Or why are you doing this? Or why are you doing that? We're just standing with them and we're believing in them. So we sing these songs and we want to be the people that when we look at the horizon, when you look at the horizon and you see the sun setting, you know, you know there's the promise of a new day. No one could change your mind. There's going to be a new day tomorrow. You're going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be a new day. Well, do you know God's the same? He promises you a new day every day because you're a new man. He promises the new day because he says, my mercy's new every morning. My compassions fail not. We sang it. His mercy cannot fail you. No matter how broken you are, even if you can't sing or praise the Lord, even if you can't call on his name, he's faithful to sit with you and want to keep giving to you, giving to you, giving life to you. And that's how we need to be for the body of Christ. That's how we need to be for the family of God. We need not to condemn them or judge them where they are. And you know, and we, we said, okay, there's a new day. So when we are with people, we're giving them the hope of a new day. That their past does not define them. Their history does not define them. Their inheritance does not define them. He's our portion. He's our inheritance, but we have to receive that and push out the old. We have to push out the old history. Our lives are stories. I have this here, and that's a, it's a book. It's not a very, very good picture, maybe. But it's a book, and, but the page is empty because you have the ability to create a new day because God is new every morning. His mercy is new every morning. His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. And we have the ability to change our story because yesterday might not have been full of mercy and compassion. Yesterday might have been really painful and traumatic. But the day that I receive from him, I can write a new page. I can say, God gave me this today. God reminded me of this. I encountered God. I experienced God. And I really believe that even in the, all the serving that we had for the celebration of life yesterday, to me, serving is just compassion. I want to. I just want to do it. You can't stop me. I just, I want to show up for other people. But it's co-suffering to feel and suffer deeply together with another. It's active compassion. It's the desire to alleviate another person's suffering. It's the passion of the Christ. It's the suffering of the Christ. 
we were crucified together. So he crucified our suffering. He suffered with every suffering, everything that you've ever suffered, everything that your generations have ever suffered. He suffered with them because he's looking for a generation that will stand and receive the healing. Take a stand. God said to me, I said, God, why me? Like, my generations did not seek God, love God, know God. I said, why me? And he said, I knew you'd receive my grace. Grace isn't a word to be defined. Grace is a person. Grace is Holy Spirit coming to empower you to take a stand that's what's been of the generations is no longer an inheritance for the generations to come. That you're giving a different inheritance. And so Jesus did that on the cross because he said, the old man, the fallen man has been crucified and we are co-resurrected. We re we're resurrected as the new man. We're full of resurrection life. And it's the grace, the resurrection life. It's a continual revelation of Jesus Christ in us. Christ in us. It's never God to us. The Old Testament was the wilderness. God, come save me. God, come save me. God, come save me. God, do this. God, do this. God, do this. God, do this. And God's going, no, I live in you. We're partnering. My compassion has filled you. I keep giving you my compassion. I keep caring for you. I keep comforting for you. Will you let me? We said yesterday, let our hearts be wide open because he wants to care for our hearts care for us where we've been neglected where we've been abandoned where we've been rejected where we've been misunderstood even simple things like they can be big things misunderstood he's our father we seek him first because he, he wants to give us every good and perfect gift he's the father of lights he wants to give light where that darkness of that lie is where we believe people don't like us just as simple as that he's father and so i put this up there is because you know you don't know someone's story till you hear their heart. Yesterday, I've met Noah Lurch once. I don't know his story, but I heard his story yesterday. I heard hearts full of love. And that revealed who he was. Revealed his story. Now, it didn't reveal necessarily all the hard things of his story, but I can guarantee you there was very, very many hard places of his story. But the story came out in the end, love. That's how it came out in the end. We can rewrite our story just by loving people, letting God love us, care for us, comfort us, and loving them. We, we're not here to fix anybody. We're not here to point out their sin. We're not here to judge any man in the flesh. We're here to judge the seed of Christ that's in them because every one of us is born of God. We're the seed of Christ. We're born of heaven. We have Christ in us, the lights in us. And so I, I put this up there because, you know, we heard Gary. Do you know Gary's story? Do you know what Gary's come from in the generations? Do you know his loss? Do you know the trauma of his bloodline? And yet he gets up here and he says, go, <laughs> go. He's got the heart of an evangelist. But do you, think he, do you think he did that when he felt, oh, I feel completely better. You know, the, you know, my heart is completely healed. 
you know, I'm in this amazing place. No, he's got up because he's had a taste of the goodness of God. He's had a taste of comfort and care. He's had a taste of compassion. And he said, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up and I'm going to call God's people to that. I'm going to call them. I'm going to call them to go out. And I'm going to call people that don't know God to the Father's love, to be reconciled to their Father. And so that's what we do with our wounding, believe it or not. We just show up. doesn't mean we're perfect people. If you're expecting perfect people to show up in this church, go home, watch a movie, and eat popcorn. Because we're an ICU. We're broken people. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And where we don't admit our heart is broken, we cannot bring healing to another broken heart. So we have to admit we've all been broken in some way. So life is precious. People are precious. This is a season about stories. Get to know people. Get to know their stories. Then you'll, if you can't, you can't walk in their shoes, but you can start to understand their story. And so I really believe that um, this is what God's doing. I believe that um, he's saying, will you just say, here I am, I'll show up. Because of COVID, it's going to be hard for people to really believe they belong again, that they fit, that they can show up. Maybe they're afraid they're going to be judged. Whatever reason, of the, I, what, uh, whatever way isolation and separation has wounded people, this is a time to gently care for them, and it's the goodness and kindness of God that makes people change, not you pointing out what's wrong with them, where they don't measure up. There's, you're hearing about brokenness everywhere. Why, in the States, we heard about the protesters, the riots and everything. Why? They're broken. They're, this is, those are generations of broken people. The natives, we're hearing about them. Why? Because God said it's, it's, a, it's time to bring healing. It's time to heal my people. God says, your people are my people. Because when I was saying, God, please bless your people. Please pour out on your people today. He said, your people are my people. My people are your people. He sees one body. He sees one people. So I have to, uh, oh, Richard. <laughs> Richard, you're making me cry today because you started up. Um, these are two native women. And I couldn't get the proper picture of the two native women that I wanted to. I searched for like six hours to find it. I said, okay, Lord. But this is the face of the First Nations. This is the face of compassion and caring. They are at the Kamloops Fire and Rescue Center. And they, were, they fed 2,700 people. They're feeding everyone. They're not just feeding their culture, their people. They're feeding everyone. And so I was watching this reporter is watching the news and they interviewed two women that were doing this and the reporter um he couldn't even have words he didn't even know what to say to these women because they were they were just they were so excited to be there to show up and to give they were so excited to feed everybody and he couldn't form a question this is a reporter that all they do is ask questions and he couldn't ask a question and because he was undone by these women, laying, giving their lives, showing up, here I am, knowing their history. Because he said, he said two things. He said, why? Knowing the residential, and that's as far as he got. Why? And one woman turned to him and she said, I'm still suffering inside, but I'm here to pour out my best. 
and she meant for everybody, not for her own people. She showed up to pour out her best, and to me, that was like the river of life. I'm here to give my life. I'm here to show up. She might be feeding people that in the generations have been inflicted the suffering that she's suffering. But she says, yeah, I'm in both places right now. I'm in both places. My heart's suffering because of everything that's come to the light. We knew it would come to the light, but my heart's suffering, but here I am. Because you know why? Do you know that when we say, God, come heal our land, God's saying to you, I'm not a God that comes to you. I'm a God that comes through you. Old Testament is, come and do this, come to us, come to us. No, God's saying, I come through you. When these women pour out compassion and care, they are flooding the land and healing their very land. And they're healing other people's lands, enemies, because they chose to show up. I, I, wrote, I printed out some of the things that they were saying, and it was the Cam, different native Kamloops bands, so I'm not going to name one. And the second woman said, when, he, when he, you know, he just put the mic over to the second woman, first of all, they talked about the joy of feeding people, the joy of serving, the joy of showing up, the joy of, of giving their lives, right? And then the, the second woman at the end of it, she said, she said, please bring your children. We don't want them to go home hungry. We don't want them to be hungry. You don't think that she doesn't know that some children starve to death? There was an ache in her when she said that. And she said it for all children. She didn't say, just bring our children. This is what's going to heal the land. You see, she's had to walk through a process of forgiveness, letting go of offense, generational demons, generational atrocities, genocide, everything that you can imagine, rejection, abandonment, every pit of hell thing. But she's chosen to show up and say, here I am. Because that's when you know, I don't know what you call God, but if you call, if she calls him creator, I'm really good with that. If she calls him great spirit, I'm really good with that. Because he's the father of all flesh. And she knows her creator. She knows her father. So she shows up. So <clears throat> the ache in that woman's heart, she said, please bring your children here. Don't let them go hungry. We want to feed them. And so this is a woman that suffered deeply, but she wants to show up for those that are suffering. Because when you pour out just the, even the little bit that you've been given, you've made room for God to pour into you. Do you know that that's your healing too? That you pour out maybe even what you've not been given. Some people have not been given a loving, caring, comforting parent. But they've made a stand to pour out, even if they don't have children, as a loving, caring, compassionate father and mother in the body of Christ in the community. Because it's they're saying, it stops with me. That's what's going to change our land. That's what's going to change our nation. Because when I saw those two women, I saw Jesus with skin on. I saw anointed, anointed daughters. And so... Bless these women. These are some of the things that they said. It's been an honor to feed these people. It's been a blessing. It's been a privilege to be able to do this. 
This is two days after they heard about the children. Two days. Here I am. And they're suffering and their pain, revisiting old wounds. Here I am. They said, this is who we've been brought up to be. What if we were those people? This is, uh, like we always say to our grandson, we're a boyer and this is what we do. But my grandson, when he was little, he'd say, but that person's not doing it. And that I said, we're a boyer. We're boyers. This is what we do. We show up. We help. We don't d decide whether, it's not whether someone is worthy of it. <laughs> All life is precious. All people are precious. And this woman said, if you're in our territory, we're going to take care of you. We're going to look after you. And we're going to give honor to continuing our bloodlines, our heritage, by living ours, by giving our life for others. See, these people are going to heal the land. They've got a secret. They know their God. I won't read them all. Um, they said they spend 12 to 15 hours a day volunteering, which is to me is, because you, you can say, will you serve? And it becomes like, I've done that before. <laughs> you know, or, you know, like, I'm not paid enough. <laughs> you know, but th that has n that's not even in the picture for these women. They want to give their lives because they know what God's given them. And so um, they bring their children, and their children say, are we going to go to the center today? knowing they're going to be there 12 or 15 hours. And they bring their children. And you, this is why they say they do this. I know all of this because I watched my mom, and I watched my aunties, and I watched my granny do this. You see, what happened to them didn't change who they are. They didn't change because of what happened to them. I watched them do these things at funerals and in times of need. I was taught through witnessing and taking part with the generations. See, they're determined to leave a generational blessing in their suffering, in their pain. So I, I just really believe that allow God to fill you with his compassion and his care. When we do this uh, Lectio Divina, we, we look at the scriptures, Jesse reads them, we ask ourselves questions. Um, and the reason I'm, I'm focusing on compassion is because God was focusing on compassion to me. And I've just got this little part out of 29 to 39 in Matthew 15 there. But what God spoke to me is, I have compassion for these people. And then the next thing he said to me, because when you ask God questions, what are you highlighting? What is the word? What is the phrase that, that you're showing me? What stands out for me? And he said to me, I have compassion for these people. I do not want to send them away hungry. And then I watch the news hour and I see these native women. Amazing. See, God's doing it whether we agree with it or not. God's found some hearts, some spirits that are saying, yes, he's doing it regardless. But, he, but he's saying, will you show up? Will you say, here I am? It's not, it's not under law. This is grace. Everybody that, tr that showed up to help over this weekend showed up because they had time. Like lots of times I've not showed up because I've been in Guatemala. I've had something else. If, you, if someone's in a valley, if someone's in a dark place, you don't say to them, are you going to show up? 
you know, no, you, you're like, no, wait a minute. They need to be held by God. They need to be in the womb of God. It might be a dark place, but they're going to get birthed into life in that place. Let's just come alongside them in that place. This is not law. This is not a have to. This is a want to and a desire. And then you have different seasons in your life where you might pull back. You might be pregnant. You might be nursing a child. You might be attending an older person that's passing, going to pass away. There's all kinds of reasons. We don't put a demand on people to show up or to serve the way that we do. We all have different passions in our heart. So God said to me, after all this, he said, my compassion, this is God speaking, my compassion for your brokenness is bread for others. So God said to me, my compassion for your brokenness, Margaret, is going to be bread for others. You're going to give the bread of life. You're going to give living bread. And when we give bread to each other, we become one loaf. Because I care about you and you care about me. And that's how our peace is. We bless this bread and communion. That's what communion's about. It's about one body, one church, one family, one God. And it's when we bring our pieces together. We bring our pieces together. And we bless the bread. We bless the other bread that's coming to me. Thank you. I need who you are. This isn't a one-man army. This isn't a one-man show. I need you. And we give each other bread. We give each other a living word. We give each other a drink. Jesus poured out his blood, the blood of the flesh. <laughs> when we drink that cup, we're not drinking the blood of the flesh. That's died. It was poured out on the cross. Sometimes we have to die to have a resurrection. We have to die to be misunderstood. We have to die to be right. That's from the other tree of knowledge of right and one, good and evil. Just, just die. Just die. Let it go. Stop it. It's death to you. Because if we eat of that tree, who dies? Not the person I think is what's doing wrong. Me. I become like dry, very, very dry. And I don't think I'm dead because I'm, I'm still a Christian and I'm still marred. And I'm dry, dry, dry because I know what's wrong with everybody. I know what's wrong with the churches. I know what's wrong with my family. I know what's wrong with the friend that wounded me. And God's saying, no, no, you're bread. You're bread. Will you show up like these women and just give life? Just give it to those that are responding. If they're not responding, if they're not eating the bread that you're giving, if you're bringing the cup of life, you're not bringing the blood that's been poured out, you're not bringing the blood of the flesh. It's been poured out. You're bringing the cup of the spirit. If they're not receiving, it means they're connecting with someone else. It's not the right timing. Don't try to pour out or give bread to someone that's not responding. That's not your job. Don't take it out. Don't condemn yourself. That's just not the right person. I'm looking for the hungry. That's all that. When I come in here and I'm not preaching, I just say, God, who's hungry? Who's thirsty? Who's the one? And I never know who it is. And then I've got a word for them. And it's a word of life. It's a word that builds them up. It's a word that gives them hope. It's a word usually that they can see their future. They can actually hear who God is. Because he's the voice and I'm the word. I'm the word of life. I've got, when I speak, I'm, I'm bringing life. I'm not just bringing any old word. I'm not bringing a word to make people feel good and get all goosebumps. I'm bringing a word that activates the word that's dormant and written on their heart, that it comes alive in them, out of them. Because the word's written on your heart because destiny's in your DNA. Destiny's in your DNA. You can't miss your destiny. It's not some appointment somewhere, what must I do, what must I do? Destiny's in you. So I really believe that 
God wants us, like these women, to show up with our compassion, which might look like serving for, the, for people that are broken, that we are bred for others. And I really believe that comes with knowing that we are joined on the cross, that he paid the price for our suffering, but we're still processing it. We're still processing the, the past histories. We're still processing the past generations, but we're, we're processing it to continually nail it to the cross. It's finished with me. It's finished. It's finished because it's written on my heart a new day. A new, I'm a new creation. I'm a new man. I'm not the old man. I'm, I'm born of my father. I'm a new seed. And so we're showing up, right? <clears throat> and so uh, Ephesians 4, 29 to 32 says, And never let an ugly or hateful word come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. The Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. 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 Lay aside bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insult. Be instead, but instead, be kind and affectionate towards one another. Has God not graciously forgiven you? So sometimes for some people, offense is a weakness. It's a stronghold of the generations. And so you've got to recognize that. So for some, judgment is a weakness of the generations. Because we know what's wrong with people. We see it, we know it, we heard it. But it's a weakness of the generations. You've got to nail that. You've got to take, be the one that takes the stand. I'm nailed, that's been nailed to the cross. <laughs> and what's been taken off at the cross does not get put back on us. So I'm reminding myself, wait a minute, wait a minute. This has been nailed to the cross. I'm not going to accuse my brother or sister with words. I'm not going to tear them down. I'm not going to tear down the church. A wise woman builds her house. A wise woman builds her family. A wise woman builds her church. Why? Because I think women probably pray more because we talk more. <laughs> right? But a wise woman, that's wisdom. Let go of the words that I'm right. And, I, and go, if, your point, if your prayers are pointing out people's sin and weaknesses to God, God goes, next because I'm, I'm watching over my word to perform it. That's not my word. My word is they're fearfully and wonderfully made. They're made in my image and my likeness. I'm their father. So let our, has he, has God, we've got to remind ourselves every day, God has graciously forgiven me. Oh, I'm looking at that person and I see what's wrong again. Thank you, God, you've graciously forgiven them. Thank you that they're a new creation. I'm going to let go of what I see here and know because we're going to graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. How do you think those women showed up? How do you think they had the power? You think they did it in their own flesh? No, it's the Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God. Only the Spirit of God can empower you to show up and to graciously forgive and graciously feed those that might have been part of the generations that have been starved to death before you. They showed up. So I really believe that um, compassion is always the rain that ends the drought. Is BC in a drought? Is it dry? Is it tinder dry? We have the ability to heal the land. We have the ability to pour out compassion. It's the goodness and kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's not, can I just really tell you nicely what's wrong with you? 
because you really need to be fixed. <laughs> you know, you're broken. <laughs> Whatever, right? But God says, it's compassion. It's the goodness and kindness of your father. See, people don't know their father, and so they can't pour it out. So start with daddy. Start with daddy pouring out comfort and care and compassion. And then take that little bit that you've been given and pour out. And then God goes, oh, I can pour more in you. Oh, you're a vessel that's poured out. Oh, you're a vessel fit for the master's use. You're a vessel of gold. Keep pouring out. Keep pouring out, daughter. Keep pouring out, son. You're giving even what was never given to you. You're giving away what was not given to you. You've taken a stand for the generations. You've taken a stand for the body of Christ. You've taken a stand for this nation. You've taken a stand for the generations to come. So compassion is what's going to end the drought in BC. Because it's water. It's overflow of water. It's a river coming out of your belly. The land's dry. Wherever there's dryness, that's where the serpent was sent to. It's where the demonic realm is. We've got to have the water of God's spirit. God, Holy Spirit, you are abundant life. Holy Spirit, would you come upon us? Holy Spirit, would, we want to be a well-watered garden. We want to be a drink for the thirsty. We want to be bread, living bread, a living word for those that are hungry, that they live. So we're going to pour out our best too. So the reason I had the book on the first page that was empty is because every person has a story. And this is a response from the Chief Cadmus Delorme of the Callousness First Nation in Saskatchewan, I believe. He said, this is, and this was really long. I took out one teeny tiny little blurb. blurb. It was a call to, call to action. And so there's 231 call to action. That's very intense. It's very... You want to read it. So he said, there's a story for each one of us behind the history that we've inherited. We all have a story. The end result is, though, this is what he said. This is what he wants to be the end result of the history that he's inherited. We will make our children more as dreamers. See, they're going to have hope in the future. The father's dream is you. So this is a true father. The father's dream is you to live with purpose and to live with passion, to live an abundant life. And so he wants you to know his thoughts are happy towards you on your most broken day, the day that you can't even say Jesus' name. God's like, that's okay. I'm here with you. I love you. I'm for you. I've never changed my mind about you. I'm happy with you. I'm thrilled with you. I adore you. You're precious. You're of me. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm going to remind you, but it's okay if you can only sit right now. Don't judge yourself. Don't compare yourself. But find a couple people that, like Moses, will lift your arms up until you can stand, until you can praise. That way we're honoring broken people. We're honoring everybody's story is different. There's no two snowflakes alike in the world. There's no two fingerprints. There's no two people the same. There's no two pastors the same. We've heard these teachings. There's 12 kinds of pastors. There's seven kinds of apostles. Good grief. There's 7.9 billion people in the earth. And there's only four kinds of personalities? Boy, that's, God, that's keeping God like so tiny and small. The king of the universe. God, get in this little tiny box. Can you fit in there? King of the universe? Because there's only four kinds of personalities. Like, seriously? That's how we live. Because there's a little bit of a truth in it. Then as Christians, we live with that little bit of truth. And then we put everybody in that tiny little box of, yeah, that's that person's personality. Because 
solid floss. You know, and then we think, well, this is a person's strengths because we did that 12 step, that thing, that 12 thing, and this is people's strengths and these are people's weaknesses. And well, that's a 12 inch box. <laughs> they are who they are. And there's no two people alike. And everybody processes life, their story, their journey different. It's an adventure. Why don't you just take the lid off the box and let them live the adventure of their life and not put them, confine them to who you think they should be? He said, the end result will make our children more as dreamers. This is a leader. This is a leader for the generations of the native people because he knows his father and he knows his father has dreams for us. And he knows that our father has thoughts for good and not for evil. And he knows that we have a future and a hope. If the horizon and the day is not shining anymore and darkness comes, we can process our pain, our sorrow, our losses, our trauma, our injustices, to the place that we are singing even when the sun goes down. Because we know that we know that we know there's a new day. We know that we know that we know God never changes. He's the God of hope. He does not change. I led somebody to the Lord once that was 92. His mom died like 25 years before that. She was a Christian. She died believing for her son to get saved, never seeing him saved when she lived. But she died believing. God saved her son when he was 92. So we believe no matter what we see here or know. We just keep believing, right? So know the times and the seasons. Know the times and the seasons. This, the prophets know the times and the seasons. Do you know this is a time to heal our land, to heal our families, to heal our church? But it starts with you. To pour out compassion and care and comfort that you've received. And if you don't have it to pour out, say to God, I don't have it. I, I don't have compassion for my enemy. I don't, I don't have care. And come to him with offense. Say, here's my offense. Here's my judgment. Here's my bitter words. I can't build up the church. I can't build up this person. I don't have words to bless this person. God goes, I'm so grateful that you're giving me those things because they were crucified on the cross. And I want to give you my heart and my words. I want you to pour them out because they're going to be life. It doesn't necessarily even mean that you will have a full relationship with that person. But it means that you'll experience abundant life. You'll experience the love of God. God is without measure. So if we ever think that we've arrived, we know his peace, we know his love, Oh, man, I've got, you can say, I've got testimonies of his love. I've got testimonies of his comfort. I've got testimonies of this. God is so good. And it's like, no, we're only one drop, and God's the God of the universe, and he just wants to keep expanding us. He wants to expand our tents, expand our boundaries. He wants us to be able to give more. He wants the river in us to be like a flood for the dry ground of B.C. So start with those that you say, God, I, can't, I don't care for that person. I can't comfort them. I, I have no compassion. And then he goes, well, can I show you my care, my comfort, my compassion for you? Because you're the one that's on my mind, not them right now. I want to love you. Will you open up your heart wide and just say yes to my spirit? Because this isn't about what goes to your head. This isn't about accumulating all the knowledge about God that you can know. Because the Old Testament people did that. In fact, they put a little box on their head. But they didn't recognize love when love showed up. They didn't recognize Jesus when Jesus showed up. They didn't recognize forgiveness when forgiveness showed up. 
The woman caught in adultery did. But they didn't. So let God, give God your heart. Say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. See, when you, it's not a, I used to think that was a scary prayer. But when you say, God, break my heart for what breaks yours, he wants to love you. He wants to so fill your heart with love and affection. You have the ability to be a history changer. God said to me, I'm raising up history changers. Well, wait a minute. History changers? That, that, that's behind me. God goes, yeah, because I've given you a new day. You have a new page. This is your story. Your history doesn't define you. Your inheritance doesn't define you. The, the native people here said that their inheritance doesn't define them. They've inherited bad stuff. And they've said it doesn't define us. So we've got to say that. We've got to say, this is not going to define me. I'm a history changer. I'm going to allow, whenever I brought my suitcases that have tried to define me, affect me, try to form me, when God brings them to the light, I don't, know any, I don't need anybody poking at them. I already know some of them are there. <laughs> I know they're there, but I'm going to let God go to the roots. So I'm going to let God take those things because I, I want the fullness of God. Your history does not define you. He is your portion. He is your inheritance. His name defines you. His character, his nature, his way, his power, authority defines you, not what has happened to you, not as what has happened to your generations. So I bless you. I bless you to be history changers that pour out and become world changers. How about family changer to begin with? How about, okay, families, we're, we're changing pretty good. How about church changers? How about region changers? How about, there's a lot of people that think big and they have big vision and they have vision of the nations. Give me the nations for my inheritance. Give me the ends of the earth for my possession. But that's for when you're called by his name and you're his seed and you're carrying his character, his nature, his way, his power, his authority, that grace is reigning in you, that you know where you're seated in the heavenly places. So I bless you. I bless the awakening of every heart. I bless the revelation of every heart, the encounter, the experiences of God's care and his comfort and his compassion. I bless you to release God through you that people will look at you and say, that's Jesus Christ with skin on. That's how good our father is. I've never known a good father. I've never been cared for. Nobody cared about me. I've been alone, and I didn't know that God was always with me, and he never left me. He never forsake me. That he was always holding me on my worst day. That he wasn't looking at sin. He was looking at his precious, precious child. So I bless you the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your understanding would be touched by Holy Spirit, that you would have radical encounters with God, whether they're walking in the forest or whether you're dreaming in the night or whether you have visions or whether you read the word and God says, I have compassion for these people. I don't want them to go hungry. And that sparks a desire in you to say, these people are my people and they're your people, Father. Here I am. Here I am. So I bless you to show up. And I bless you to help others show up. That they fit and that they belong. And there's no judgment on them of, because of their past. That there's no shame. There's only radical acceptance in Jesus' name. Amen.